This this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Impressions Exchange Podcast. Where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. Welcome to this episode of the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Today, we're thinking big with discussions about the wide format market. This ties in perfectly with the upcoming Wide Format Summit, taking place July 24th to the 26th at PGA National Resort in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. My colleague, senior editor Dan Marks, spoke with Marco Bohr, VP of IT Strategies, and Peter Schaefer, partner at New Direction Partners. They discussed the state of the wide format segment, how customer expectations are influencing business decisions, the role of automation, and how printed graphics and decor fit into the space. Later in the episode, Editorial Director for Printing United Alliance and the Editor-in-Chief of Wide Format Impressions, Denise Gustafson, will speak with Kristen Detoni, founder and owner of DesignPool. They discuss the company, the decor market, and what attendees of Wide Format Summit can expect to hear from Kristen during her session, Diving Into Decor. Now I'll hand it over to Dan for his discussion with Marco and Peter. Thanks, Ashley. First of all, welcome Marco and Peter. It's great to be chatting with you in advance of this year's Wide Format Summit and to find out how you both see the current state of the Wide Format segment. Um, I saw both of you back in April at the Inkjet Summit, uh, which focuses on development and adoption of uh, production inkjet printers for the commercial space. How do you see those events as similar and how do you see them as different, particularly around uh, technology adoption? Marco? So. First of all, the Inkjet Summit and the Wide Format Summit, um, they're hosted events, right? So, so we curate them to be able to give qualified attendees a view of the world, right? Where is production inkjet going? That's really transaction, book publishing, direct mail, general commercial versus wide format, which is really an industry on itself, mm-hmm. at least it used to be. But as we go forward, all of these print worlds are, are starting to overlap more and more. Because as commercial printers are looking for net new income, they're looking at wide format in a totally different way. Because for years, they looked and said, ah, it's toy stuff. It's specialty stuff, right? I can't scale it. But it turns out wide format printing is immensely profitable by comparison to general commercial printing. Yeah, the volumes are very low, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. But uh, the margins are significantly better. So that's what's attracting everybody's attention. In my opinion, I think the reason for that, Marco, and I agree with everything you said about the margins being superior, but I look at it more on a layperson's perspective, and I look at that because it's out of the price commodity segments of the industry. Because if you can succeed in wide format, that means you're you're really doing some complex things with the technology for sure, but you're able to do exceptional, typically kidding and for fulfillment and distribution to thousands of locations all across the country. So it's my favorite segment of the industry. And, and I agree with everything you said about the technological aspect, but it it's out of the price commodity business. Okay. And Marco, um, kind of following up on this, but, um, you know, if you look at the um, commercial printing segment and the inkjet's presence there, um, as you, as, as you have said, percentage wise, it's a really small amount of the, uh, uh, the printing produced, but if you go to the wide format segment, it seems like to me like wide format inkjet is the dominant technology in that space right now. Do you agree with that? 
I wouldn't say it's dominant. However, it depends on your view of dominant, right? So sure. Inkjet has made far more progress penetrating the world of wide format graphics than virtually any other sector out there. And so our data would show that Inkjet accounts for somewhere between 35 to 45% of all wide format signage is now printed on Inkjet. But there's still a tremendous amount of wide format XXL offset. Mm -hmm. this screen. Uh, because, you know, for super high volumes, that is still the most productive technology out there. One of the things that is maybe a, a, a slightly negative thing is that the wide format industry as a whole got hit probably harder as a print segment than virtually any other segment in our print industry during COVID, except right. for retail, which got hit even harder, uh, clothing. But wide format went down because, of course, all the stores were closed. And a significant portion of wide format graphics is point of purchase signage, right? Retail signage. Right. That has now started to come back. And so if you measure the wide format industry from 2020 going out towards the projected 2028, things are looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you go back to 2019, it was an even better period. And, and so effectively what we're seeing is that the wide format graphics industries had a really hard reset during this COVID period. Uh, and, and that caused, you know, basically consolidation in the market. That's where we get to the M&A piece. Right. Uh, you have people exiting and you see the business now morphing into general commercial and all of these other things. So it gets a little bit more difficult to track. You know, we know how many wide format printers get sold, mm -hmm. but we don't necessarily know where they're utilized. So, yeah. It's a rapidly changing market. Yeah, I think the the the, the COVID experience is the second. Uh, Peter was, um, um, you know, I think the group that got hit hit har uh, hardest in that space was the event and uh, trade show graphics people because that was not happening for a while. Peter, uh, to to your point, I was just going to add that Dan. That was by far the those businesses that were in the trade event overnight. They uh, they saw their business largely disappear, and there are some wide format companies that are a hundred percent trading in that, and that was very hard. It took a long time for that business to come back, but it has, and it's back with a fury right now. And I also agree with Marco about the retail sector mm -hmm. and the challenges that we've been having with that, even pre-COVID. If if we're all honest with ourselves, is that retail brick and mortar has been challenged uh, quite a bit because of Amazon, et cetera. So there are for sure healthy retailers out there mm -hmm. and that's a great thing. And, and that can be a great account for um, wide format companies. And, and thankfully the trademark, the uh, convention trade show has come back. Yes, absolutely. So, Peter, continuing with you, um, I know a key focus for you is on M&A activities and printing, including wide format. So on a macro scale, how do you see the health of the wide format space? Um, and what commonalities do you see among companies that are operating at what you would say is the top of that space? Uh, the wide format, and it has so many names to me. Is it grand format, wide format, large format, mm -hmm. POP, retail graphics? Uh, but by and large, in terms of M&A, it's been my favorite segment of the industry for years. And why is that? Well, as we said earlier, uh, I think the, the simple explanation is 
they're out of the price commodity business. Because if you can figure out how to do that complex kitting and fulfillment and distribution where, you know, one store gets this size uh, product because their windows are, you know, whatever the dimensions versus the next store that gets completely different, it's, mm -hmm. it's very challenging. So if you figure that out, you're going to get customer loyalty and you're going to get better margins. So that has always made from an M&A perspective. Right. If you can get the loyalty and out of the commodity business, that means you're going to get growth, which these companies had been generating up until COVID. I agree with what Marco said. Um, and you're going to get a better multiple. So that's happened time and time again. And it is happening again today. Mm -hmm. Companies within this segment sell for higher multiples. But we did suffer uh, for probably, I would say, two years uh, when COVID hit for the reasons we just talked about, because this segment was particularly hard hit during this unprecedented time with COVID. Yep. And Marco, what do you see among companies at the top of the, the wide format space? Uh, a couple of things. So first of all, there's consolidation. Uh, and there's consolidation because of problems in labor. There's consolidation in terms of substrate costs rising. So basically, wide format graphics are becoming like document printing, a more luxurious product. So we've moved from a commodity to something that's becoming uh, of greater value. But in order to serve the needs of these people who are paying more money, their expectations have correspondingly also risen. And so there's all of these sort of quote unquote little things that are now becoming expectations. So for example, if I am, let's say Lowe's and I wanna order point of purchase signage from my provider, mm -hmm. I wanna know exactly when it's gonna be delivered. I wanna know, you know that I can change the content up until the hour before it gets printed because, oh my God, my inventory didn't arrive, right? Mm -hmm. That flexibility, just like in, in our world in general, right? We want these dashboards and these apps and that expectation is now permeating throughout the entire wide format industry. And that means that you have to have capital to be able to serve all those needs. And that, that's what gets challenging because in the past, you know, 10 years ago, we could live or die based upon the wonderful quality of service I provided. You ring me up, I answer the phone, right? Mm -hmm. That's half the battle. Those days are disappearing. And so the, the business is becoming, for lack of a better word, more professional. And you've got to start reinvesting on a more professional level. And, and you know, getting into more automation isn't a one-time expense. Mm -hmm. It's an annual ongoing expense. And so it changes the dynamics, how a business operates. Okay. Um, so over the past several years, the star of the, the wide format segment, in my opinion, has been printed textiles, um, which has been huge for the event and trade show segment, but also uh, for silicone edge graphics, which have proliferated in, I see them all over in airports and other public spaces. Um, so Marco, is, is this a specific space still on the rise? And how do you see it changing as we move forward in the next few years? Uh, you know, I think we're really part of the fashion business in a way, right? I mean, we, there's certain things that resonate that are hot and everybody wants them. So Silicon Edge graphics are the hot thing yep. because number one, they, they give a more luxurious feel, right? It's matte rather than that super glossy, right? Uh, you can backlight it a little bit easier. So, so particularly in airports, right? That is something that, that's now pervasive. 
everywhere around the world. No matter what major airport you go to, it seems to be there. Um, there'll be other things like that, that, that sort of come and go. You know, at the moment, if you go to a little bit smaller scale side of things, things that are really hot are things like dye transfers onto metal. So you want really high-end fine art or photography. Transferring that uh, onto metal is a hot application because it's so incredibly valuable, right? These fine art prints sell for 500 to 1000 to, you know, $10,000 each. Yeah. But the ink cost, you know, isn't that much higher than, than a standard, you know, retail sign. Yeah, those 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 metal prints are just luminous to a level that they look like they are powered somehow, but it, it really is just light. So you'll see that continue to evolve, and it, it's really you know mainly driven by the substrate providers mm -hmm. that are offering new products, but also by the print shops themselves, because a lot of these guys are doing things that you were never intended to do on these printers, and they're they're pushing the envelope, right? And then somebody comes up with, you know, the idea of things like photo tiles, repositionable photo tiles. My God, that's all over the internet, right? Buy mom her, you know, pictures of the kids and then she can re-put them wherever she wants on the wall kind of thing. You know, they're silly little things, but they're immensely powerful. Oh, yeah. Peter, how about you? Uh, the textile um, space, are you seeing... That is... I love the textile, the fabric, the dye sub. I, I do find that those companies are more attractive. Mm -hmm. uh, we've sold two companies, two uh, Y format companies within the past 12 months, both of which specialized in fabric and textiles. And they, they just, we had many buyers that were interested in, specifically interested in that capability. Per Marco's point, just this week, I was at a client, a, a wide format client that was printing on two by fours and, you know, just really neat. And then last week I was at another client that was printing on slate for their customers. And, you know, it is so neat to see the different substrates that they can produce on. Oh, yeah. That uh, the it really is kind of limitless. Um, and I think that that's where that innovation has come through in the wide format space that um, helps people get out of that commodity area because there are so many um, options. Uh, Marco, I'd like to um, move over to you. And this kind of bridges into um, some of Peter's knowledge as well. But, you know, if somebody is looking to purchase a wide format business today, what are uh, some top things that you think they look for um, in a business to acquire? Well, I mean, it's the usual things, right? Book of business. Yes. How stable is that book of business? But I think a big piece these days is company culture and, and the quality of the workforce that they have. Because, you know, if you buy a business whose average tenure of the staff is, let's say, 10 years or more, mm -hmm. pretty stable business. Yes. But if that turnover is much greater, uh, you know, that might become risky because it takes months, if not years, to train somebody properly. And if they exit stage left for a, you know, job that pays five bucks more an hour, you've just wasted all that time. So, you know, the, the, the culture of that business and, and the ability to retain qualified staff, I think that ought to be on the top of my items. Okay, Peter, how important is culture when you're um, looking at businesses with a client? Uh, culture is always the most important uh, criteria, I believe, 
up until literally the day of closing. And it doesn't matter if you're a buyer or a seller. If it's not a fit culturally, don't do the deal. It's just that simple. Uh, and, and I agree with Marco. It's very interesting. You you are seeing labor uh, becoming a real issue now and, and in any segment, not just wide format, but that's that's and probably any industry as well, not just printing. But uh, some of the other factors that I see specific, more specific to wide format would be the recovery from COVID. You know, as we talked about, this segment was hard hit. So how quickly was the company able to recover? Uh, that gives buyers comfort. Uh, also, the customers. Uh, in this segment, it is more common than not to see where wide format companies oftentimes have one or two real heavy hitters mm -hmm. and then a lot of much smaller accounts. So I, I sold a company not long ago where the top two accounts each represented 35% of sales. Wow. That can keep people up at night. Um, it's very common to see sales north of 25 or 30% and, and buyers do look at that. Lastly, I would say um, if they have any type of proprietary technology mm -hmm. where they can provide a competitive advantage or a differentiation, I should say, within that segment, that makes them more attractive to the buyers. Th those are some of the things I'm seeing. Okay. Quick thoughts, Marco? Uh, no, I, I really don't disagree. Uh, I, I think people are looking basically for some sense of confidence that that business isn't going to implode because, you know, inflation just skyrocketed and their key customer decided to cut back uh, on wide format signage. You know, those are the things that I think people are very worried about right now. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about specialization. Um, do either of you see evidence of wide format producers becoming more specialized in the markets they serve or in the types of products they produce? And, um, uh, or is it still more of an approach of the being a one-stop shop for clients? Marco? I, I think the biggest thing that I'm picking up in, in the first six months of this year is wide format providers are maybe integrating more into the end-to-end piece of us. So in other words, they're getting into installation. Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys used to print and that's my business. And then I outsource the installation. But the installation has gotten very uneven in terms of quality because these guys can't find the right labor. They're turning over all the time. And so I've printed this, but then in the end, the customer is unhappy because the quality of the install is bad or it didn't happen when it was supposed to. And so more and more, I think a lot of these businesses are reluctantly, to some degree, getting involved in the entire end-to-end -end process in order to maintain quality and customer satisfaction. Yeah, I mean, with a lot of these projects, the, the job is not finished until it is placed where it is intended to be. It's not just about printing. It's it's about providing a whole experience or. But but the problem with that, Dan, is, is that, you know, many of these wide format shops are relatively small. Sure. And it ends up being in the hands of the owner, typically, who then has to go out and actually install that beautiful sign on that glass plate window. And he wants to make sure that it's perfectly level because the guy who he'd had do it before, you know, had it sort of slightly askew or there was a bubble in it or, you know, it was just not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. So it's putting more pressure, I think, uh, on the wide format print providers to control that entire end to end process. Okay, Peter. 
I, I think that's really interesting. And I am seeing that trend with installation uh, for sure. I, I, my observation is the more progressive wide format companies are definitely getting more involved in the installation. Also the fabrication or, or the uh, display manufacturing. Um, you know, it used to be that really it was strictly you produce the signage and you don't make the display, but, but more often they are also making the display. We sold a company called SEG uh, last year and they actually do very little, they have one fabric press and that's it. And they manufacture the displays. So mm -hmm. definitely that is becoming more prevalent. But I do think just in general, the more specialized you are, typically the more attractive you are in terms of when you go out to market for a merger or acquisition. Okay. Peter, let's continue with you. Um, as someone who's looking at the health and valuation of printing companies, how do you view the current sort of general health of the wide format space? And do you see any red flags that are commonalities within the, uh, within that space? Uh, like I said earlier, it's, it's still very attractive. If, if you have a successful company within wide format that generated a strong recovery uh, after COVID, they're going to be attractive in the market. And there are a number of strategic buyers in the segment, but also financial buyers that are in the space now. So I think that's attractive. And um, uh, I, if, if I had any concerns, uh, it, it could potentially be that you don't want the space to become over-commoditized. Right. And uh, there, when we started back in digital printing back in the day, those companies were so differentiated and so highly specialized. And today you still have that with wide format, but uh, it's good to have that differentiation. Okay. Marco, commoditization, or do you see elements of that? Or, or is it just a, is it a race to keep um, staying out of that trap and, and leave that for everybody who's running behind you? Frankly, it's a bit of a race because of all these general commercial printers trying to get into wide format, right? Okay. So the margins are getting compressed because there is more external competition than we've seen in a long time. Um, the good news, uh, you know, is that while this year is still a bit challenged, yeah, trade shows are back and events are back and the like, you know, retail hasn't really fully come back because it's been shifting to e-commerce for a long time. Right. And so there's just not as much signage needed there. So if you're going to survive and prosper, you've got to get, as Peter said, get more specialized. So, so one of the big growth areas we're seeing is decor. That area of, of being able to, you know, print wall coverings and, and wall murals and draperies and God knows what, that stuff continues to be highly specialized, super high margin uh, and so forth. And the other good news is, you know, it's not something we control, but we're heading into an election year. Yeah. And that always gives us a nice lift in, in the amount of print volume. So between the election year and the Olympics in 2024, you know, things might be a little soft in 23, but I think our outlook is actually very positive for 24. Okay. Um, so, Marco, final question, then, Peter, I'll follow up with you on this as well. But for anybody working in wide format, what do you think is one key consideration they should make today um, that will help guide the success of their business, let's say five years forward? 
Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I were involved in that, the biggest thing I would probably do is try to come up with a business plan. Now that sounds silly, right? But, but you get so lost in the day-to-day -day putting out fires that you really need to step back and look out. So where's signage going in the next five years? Is retail signage still going to be a good play or is that going to be super commoditized? Do I make a decision now to get more into things like day four, right, as a specialty? Uh, or do I hitch my wagon to a larger general commercial printer who's got far more reach to me, who can drive volume to me? Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think depending on the age that you are as, as a shop owner and what you think you're going to do with your shop, you know, do you pass it on to your kids or do you sell it? I think the decision on where to go is very much predicated upon where you think you want to be in five years. And that's going to determine, do I go more commoditized and more efficient and more volume or do I go more specialized? Okay. Peter, it seems like Marco gave you a perfect setup to talk about uh, the future. Yeah, I, I, I would actually agree with Marco. I think you need to decide what you want to be, and you have to you have to take the time to be objective and look at where you are today and where you think the different segments you're in are going, because retail is challenging. It, it is. So a lot of people went to the trade show segment, and that didn't work out well during COVID, but most other periods it has worked out. So. I do feel always that the more specialized you can be, the better. So if you can detect some trends mm -hmm. and capitalize on that and prepare for it for down the road, I think that's certainly going to help you. It, it did help many people in this space leading into fabrics and DISA uh, by specializing earlier rather than later. So I, I think to... It, it, it's always important to be able to take the time to look at the big picture and say, where are we going and where do we want to be and how do we capitalize on it? Okay. Well, Marco Bohr and Peter Schaefer, thanks so much. I look forward to seeing both of you at this year's Wide Format Summit. Stay tuned for the brief conversation between Denise and Kristen. Hi, I'm Denise Gustafson. I'm the Editorial Director for Printing United Alliance. And here with me, I have Kristen DeToni. She's founder and owner of Design Pool. So Kristen, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's really good to see you again. So last year, you were one of our speakers at the Wide Format Summit, and we've decided to call you back for this year's Wide Format Summit coming up in July. So can you tell me a little bit about you and your company um, and what you do? Sure. So um, the company is Design Pool, and I started in 2019. Um, and I started because um, I really see a need um, in the industry for a library that's specific to commercial and residential interiors. Um, so yes, thanks for having me back. I'm super excited. I talked about um, the commercial interior space, and I'll be talking about that again. Um, and yeah, so that's sort of where my market is, and that's where I'm working towards. So now, since I have you, I'm going to ask you for a sneak peek. What are you going to be talking about this year that we can kind of tease some of our attendees with? Yeah, so um, hopefully we'll see some new faces and some familiar faces. Um, even with the familiar faces, we're going to do a deeper dive into what I talked about last year. So um, as I mentioned, the commercial interior space is an untapped market. Um, I'm advocating for it. Um, 
a lot because I think there's a lot of potential there. So like I said, I'm going to do a deeper dive um, and talk a little bit more about the opportunities. I'm going to talk more because I think last year I kind of focused a lot on textiles. So I'll be bringing that up again, but also talk about all the other types of materials that can be printed on for the space. Um, I am going to also kind of, I did a few predictions as to where I thought the industry was going. So I'm going I to remember also, those. Yes. I'm going to talk about those because some of those predictions are coming true, um, which is fun to see. And then I'm also going to do some, um, uh, not best practices, but, um, like case studies and things that we've had some success stories with. So yeah. So I think it should be fun and interesting. I know I can't wait. I want to see exactly what predictions that you had that came true. Cause then I might give you, you know, I might ask you for predictions for next year too, and see where we, where we stand. I know I'm telling you, I just, I see it. It's just, it's happening. It's changing. I'm, I'm hearing things through the grapevine. Um, you know, I'm happy, um, and want to be at the forefront of this. I want others to come along with me on this journey. Again, I think there's tons of potential, um, yeah, so I'm really excited and I'm, I'm so grateful that you guys are having me back again. So awesome. So for all of those who are interested to learn more about what Kristen does and about the market opportunities that she sees, especially in, um, in the decor side of things, you might want to check out wide format summit. So Kristen, thanks again for being with us today. Thanks. And for more information about the summit, you can click the link below. For those of you who are interested in learning more about the wide format summit, or if you're interested in attending the event, head over to WideFormatSummit.com. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Impressions Exchange podcast. I want to thank Marco, Peter, and Kristen for sharing their expertise. And I want to thank my colleagues, Dan and Denise, for co-hosting today's episode. Finally, I want to thank all of you, our listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Impressions Exchange podcast. <laughs>